I haven't seen you since the play. Yahoo! But speaking of uh, tantalizing media that that children often get their hands on uh, too early. (laughs) Are you recording? Are we about to talk about it? I'm about to start. Yes, we are about to start talking about the Evil Dead trilogy, which I just watched for the first time this past weekend. I, I don't know why it took me I've so seen long. Something before you have. Yeah, I know. Like horror, I think you're gonna outpace sure, me a lot. Because honestly, until th- quite recently, I thought mm. I didn't like horror. That is I not true. I could say pretty much the same thing, but I think I just, I have, just like, like a few months good on ones. I think I like. Here's the difference: is that like I like good horror movies. Like not every. Oh, I like good ones and yeah. bad ones. <laughs> well, sure, but like I am not. I am not the sort of per. Like I, I, I went to the theater on Thursday and I saw a horror movie produced by Sam Raimi, and it was not good, and it was not Which interesting. One, X? It was Uma with uh, Sandra O. Oh. It was not good and it has none of the fun and none of the joy it wasn't it really was bad jace i'm so sorry it was like and not even like it's not to my taste it was bad and that was very disappointing because i wanted it i i went to see that over x i was like i'm putting my chips down on uma and i made the wrong really i did not make a good call um but then i spent the weekend watching the evil dead and i was like i Head over Easily heels. the I most chaotic this. film trilogy of all time. <laughs> of all time, it's just uh, so. Let's 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 walk our audience through it. Let's shall we? So, please do it. Shall so we? First, we shall. Nineteen eighty-one. Uh, 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 Sam Sam Raimi, Ted Raimi, and their friends and and several like hired actors. They go out into the woods for what is supposed to be a six-week shoot. It turns into a twelve-week shoot, and it is notoriously <laughs> like a nightmare. It's notoriously, like, a very difficult film process. Right. Um, things and went over budget. low budget. People have to leave, you know, so by the end, it's literally just, like, three people on set. Like, it's, like, Sam Raimi, the visual effects designer, and Bruce Campbell. You know, so by the end right. of the filming process, those are the only people who are, like, maybe a sound guy. Um, but that's sure. it. <laughs> and, and what they've created, though, is the most... First of all, all three of these movies are under 90 minutes long. Which is unbelievable. They are just like, they are go from fucking jump. Like, as soon as the the opening title comes on, it just, it rockets. Like, even the first one, where, like, most horror movies will, like, maybe take a little bit of time to set up your basic, like, premise and world. Under ten minutes, they have read the book, (laughs) they have, like, heard the the words, and the evil that is is that in doing it so fast, they never give up tension for speed. And it is incredible like it's incredible such an amazing skill to have in the genre to be able to give all that exposition in one a way that didn't feel like it killed the tension and two a way that didn't feel so forced because you needed to get information out it's it's, it's exactly and it helps that like there is really no plot do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they 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 They're listen like, to oh, the tape the book, where the guy the says... And the dead come and decide yeah, to attack And that's them. it. And it's like that's 10 minutes which in. Which is perfect. All it needs to be. 
10 minutes in, they hit, pre- they hit play that's an on the tape recorder, right? They like, okay, so we get like 10 minutes. Here's the basic outline of these characters. They hit play on the tape recorder where the guy reads, you know, Sumerian. And then from then right. on, it's just like a descent into madness. There are no it's rules. It's also so There's impressive no that they managed to find a way that the exposition was simultaneously the inciting incident. Incredible, what a clever, device. unbelievable script writing, right? Is that like it's unbelievable? And that's it's not just, even the second one yet. <laughs> I know that's the first one. An incredible like economy of film storytelling to get to that point, and then like honestly, the only rules for like what is about to unfold is like right. it's going to be just the craziest shit. Like the the Evil Dead exists to one kill you, but even more so to fuck with you. <laughs> it's going to it is going to like the how is it going to manifest? Well, one of them's going to talk in a really deep voice, and one of them's going to talk in like a Shirley Temple voice, and they're like both equally scary and both equally funny. Um, it's amazing. It's it's and that first one it dips its toe just ever so slightly into that comedic area, and it's. Yeah wonderful it's refreshing because you're not used to it in the genre for sure because normally there is a clear line even in a horror comedy right like usually there is is, the line is i mean i always think that comedy and horror are connected in a lot of ways and it's a little difficult to explain um especially at this point but like if i actually sat down to think about it i probably could write a thesis they're about getting an involuntary rise out of you you know, like they're both There's definitely something to be said about how they both rely very strongly on tension uh, and aesthetic and mood uh, and also the unexpected. Like their, their main motivators chaos, are very exactly. aligned. Exactly. Um, uh, but but the thing even about in... the way it's handled in that first yeah. one is it's just so subtle that it's menacing. It yes. adds to the how terrifying. Right. It manages to be funny and scary at the same time time which even horror comedies that i love like shawn of the dead or cabin in the woods are usually like they're more segmented it's really clear to tell but when you watch that shit happen mm, there's yeah yeah it's it's absolutely uh fucking incredible what they were able to pull and like what they're doing with the fucking camera, like the demon vision is it's like fucking swoop and you know. Wait, that's, the, didn't they do that? They had like a plank of wood and they put the camera on it. And, and they're just like running it around. around. Yeah. And it's genius. I mean, it's genius it's independent it's film. Like pre, it's what, what, what was it? It wasn't pre Steadicam, but these folks just did not have Steadicam money. You couldn't afford a fucking Steadicam. I mean, Steadicam had been around for like, I don't know, it's like seven years or something. Like it's a very right, new It was still pretty idea. new, but like. They couldn't afford they, it. They couldn't afford it, and they invented this kind of hand shaky cam, and it became one of the most iconic things in horror. It's, it's genius. It's iconic. It's it's, it's a completely like it's it's a visual fucking feast for being uh, like made on a shoestring budget under like such like dire independent film circumstances, and but, you know, and then like it, Stephen King happens to see it and says like this is the scariest shit, and bada bing, you've got a mega horror hit on your hands, right? It's wild. I it's remember it, that first one got banned in the UK. Yeah, it was a video nasty. Mm, <laughs> it was a nasty. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, Speaking so you can't do that. Speaking of that, what was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was just, it's a new horror short that's about video nasties. Oh, that's um, fun. That's cute. Oh, come on. It's like a year or two old. I'm going to find this. It's a tangent. Yeah, no, Continue yeah. what you were Go saying while I look right. this up. And so, so that comes along. It's a big hit. It's huge. And like we love, you know, 
uh, uh, Bruce Campbell obviously becomes, you know, kind of like a cult icon. They were like, Bruce Campbell was in Sam Raimi's group of friends in fucking Michigan or whatever. And they were like, he's the one that girls like. So instead of being behind the camera like the rest of us, he gets to be in front of the camera, right? And he just he just happens to be this very charismatic, uh, very cute, interesting, uh, uh, hammy actor. He's perfectly suited to the material. But they, they make you wait for a sequel. They're like, six years, we will come back. We will do <laughs> Evil Dead 2. They make you well, wait. Well, did you, did you know what happened with that? Do you know why it was so long? I don't. I mean, I know that Sam Raimi went off and made another movie that I also love called Crime yes. Wave. That um, did happen. My understanding of the situation is that there was a huge hang-up with legality insofar as sure. some company that they made that, like, had rights for that first one was ha- because that's how they got it to be made. Of course. Technically owned the rights to it, to that first one, and they wanted to do something different or something along the lines. So there was this legal battle for them to basically just kind of figure out, okay, well, how do we get this property back so we can do what we want with it. Absolutely. Um, but we can't make it again. So it ended up being a sequel, which is almost a soft remake in it's a way. Kind of a re- it's kind of a remake but with it's better special effects, but it is the also, right. It like, my the way that I view it is that like, the first one did happen, but we just don't, it doesn't get brought up at any point. You know, like at no point does Ash go like, Oh, this feels familiar. <laughs> this feels right. like I've done no, this they before. Just, it, it, it was, it was a way it that they could matter. reestablish their own narrative within these characters. Right. And, and, and legal stuff. So that's yeah, why it took right. so long for them to make the second one. And that's also why the second one feels kind of like this, to an extent, referential sequel, but at the same time, a rehashed with yes. a new vibe. It's and it's awesome. even more. <laughs> like it's just, it's, right. it's, it's just even more of everything you loved about the first one. It's funnier. It's gorier. It has more like incredible stop motion special effects. Yes. It's got giant fucking yes. tree hands reaching. It. That is where, I mean, of course, notably, uh, Ash cuts off his own arm with mm-hmm. a chainsaw and then attaches me... that own chainsaw to his <laughs> arm. Just unbelievable Re- shit. Remind me, the elk coming to life and laughing. Is that in the second one? That's the or second that... one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where like is, the whole room where... starts laughing at him. And like, again, and the another lamp. aspect where it's on the funnier side, but still horrifying. Yes, it is like, wow, it feels like, like, you know, Pee Wee's Playhouse, if you just like turn the dial a little bit, you know? But like, literally, but actually, but literally, yeah, that's a great comparison. Like fucking Pee Wee's Playhouse, if you just like, you turn the horror dial just like a little bit. Um, and but Tim because Burton it's funny. Pee Wee Herman a kick in the nuts, and this is what we get. Exactly, exactly. Right? If like, if Tim Burton had made. Uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, like, six years later, right? Like, that that's what we're looking at. Instead right, of being right, his right. first movie, if it had come after Batman Returns Everything. or whatever, right? Um, right, right, right? Evil Dead honestly feels like Tim Burton, but if I liked him. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is... <laughs> I, it's, what it's I a, like, it's another interpretation of a very similar aesthetic, yeah. I think. What They're I, both what kind I, of this whimsically horror-adjacent uh-huh. styles, so I totally see that. And Tim Burton, I would see as... I can understand you seeing is more like obnoxious. <laughs> I like, uh, there's one Tim Burton movie that I love. The rest Warlock. of it, I could honestly give or take. I love Ed Wood. Uh, I think Ed Wood is like a, a, a masterpiece. And it's so un-Tim Burton-y, but it really is like a beautiful, beautiful movie. It is so funny and so charming. I love it. Um, the rest of his catalog, I can honestly, I like Sweeney Todd. 
for what it is. I think really? that's like a fun movie. Yeah. And you I don't like Coraline? Coraline. He, did, he didn't direct that. That's Henry Selleck. He had like nothing to do with Coraline. What did he do with Coraline? Nothing. He had nothing to do with Coraline. I fabricated that? I made that up? You made that up. That's Henry Selleck. I did make that up. And Henry Selleck is the guy who directed Nightmare Before Christmas, which Tim Burton often gets mistaken as the director for that. I do like Edward Scissorhands. I don't, but that's fine. You don't? I don't. Edward Scissorhands fits firmly in my November list. Uh, It makes sense. I mean, like, you know, what other people enjoy. But it it takes place during Christmas. It, it feels yeah autumnal it's fine it's it's he's just he's just not my speed but everything that i like about raimi the evil dead movies and also the rest of his catalog that i'm like working my way through now because now i'm obsessed um huh. everything i like about raimi's movies is what people like about tim burton movies but for some reason tim burton just does not jive with me but raimi and i are like we're looking eye to eye i get sure. i get him i understand him. like watching I watched Crime Wave, which is a Sam Raimi movie nobody likes nope. but me. I loved it. I thought it was fucking great. I had, I a, I had the best time watching it. It's co-written by the Coen brothers, and it's just like, I don't throw this word. It's insane. It's an insane movie. Every <laughs> shot, every event. It's it's a movie that full ass is trying to be a live a, live action cartoon. It is like using live What's action cartoon. Crime Wave. Um, Crime it's, wave? You can watch it free on Tubi uh, right now. Uh, it's I loved it. I cannot guarantee you will like it because very few people seem to to like it. Noir Crime. 1985. Like a, Coen yeah. Brothers and okay. and Sam Raimi. It's it's so weird and so funny and uh, there's so many great gags and so many great visual effects. I can't oh, understand why people Oh, and of course Bruce Campbell's like in it. it. Oh, he's in it. It's not his big part, but he's in it. Well, it doesn't um, matter. Bruce Campbell's in, like, everything Sam He's Raimi in essentially does. every Sam Raimi movie. It would be... Well, because uh, they're, like, childhood best friends. He's gotta be in what Doctor Strange somewhere. What else is on Tubi? What are these... Reco- there's meet the Feebles? Oh, my God. Jace, Meet the Feebles? The Peter yeah. Jackson movie about horror puppets? A comedy musical horror puppet or movie? What? <laughs> ho- ho- shut. Directed by shut the fuck up. Wha- Peter huh? Jackson. By who? <laughs> Did you say Peter Jackson? Yeah, I've I've mentioned this movie too before. Peter Jackson, like 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 Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson, like Academy Award Best Picture. Yeah, correct. Pe- this is pre. Peter Jackson. This is in his like. Did you not know Peter Jackson before Lord of the Rings is like a a gross horror director? He directs like you serious. He directs like bargain basement like horror like Brain Dead where he like picks up. I don't know these. He picks up a push lawnmower and like pushes it through a house. Can everybody just send me all of the Peter Jackson uh, video nasties? (laughs) That's what I want. I want the whole collection. I don't even know what they're about, but I want the feebles. I have. Uh, here, let me, I'll send you a link for Brain Dead, because I'm sure you you might get it. This is crazy. Why have I never used Tubi? I don't know. You, like, it's, the, it's, the, it's honestly the best kept secret in online streaming, because it has um, everything, and it's free. You do have to deal with ads, but, like, it has everything. I'll do ads for free movies like yeah. Crime Wave and Meet the Feebles? Here, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing the up. The Vagrant Thriller Comedy? Mm-hmm. Look at all these horror parents. Oh yeah, Tubi is fucking Tubi. Secretly has like the best library. It's just Reaper Madness. Holy yeah. shit! All right, so I just dropped a link 
a YouTube link for Brain Dead in the Skype chat. So now you can watch that. Um, it's absolutely fucking buck wild. <laughs> Enjoy. This is my gift to you. Enjoy. I'm so pleased. Thank um, you so much for this gift. Of course. You're very welcome. Anyway, Evil Dead 2, great. Somehow better than great the original. Movie. My, this one, Evil Dead 2 is my favorite of the trilogy. I agree, but one, one and two are very close for me, actually. It's yeah, maybe because correct. I watched them no, in the that same makes day. Sense. One and two but are they definitely were... my top two. I definitely like one and two the best, but I will say that I do like the second one a little better. Yeah, uh, I think that is that is the general consensus, but like my going in was people saying, like, oh, Evil Dead 1 is kind of rough. Two is where they figured it out. I loved one, and two is just like somehow even you know they just they right. add just a little and I, more no, i do it. love the first one as well there's yeah. you know a couple moments where i'm like okay whatever yeah the, right. the tree 80s horror, you know, fine. yeah absolutely right we um, know what's about to happen yeah Ugh, uh but gross. then but the first uh, one also no, has like when they're like all melting at the end with like the stop motion like oh, rotting melting effect. it's like the most grotesque and most fabulous stop motion I've ever seen. It's like beautiful and yes. like disgusting. It's it's phenomenal. I, and then yeah. Okay, if you felt that way about that, I really think that um uh was it the matinee? I think I was telling you about on Shutter. The last okay. matinee, I think is what yeah, it's called. Yeah. Mm-hmm, Watch mm-hmm. that one. Really surreal or it's more magical realism than surreal, but some of the images are like so grotesque that they're humorous. It's That's great. it's unbelievable. Yeah. And then like then there's Army of Darkness, which is the outlier <laughs> in the Evil Dead franchise, where it's like, it, it is not a horror movie anymore. It is like an action comedy set in yes. the 1300s, um, but also like demons. perfectly enjoyable. It's like every 14-year-old's favorite of the trilogy, but like <laughs> being now almost 30, I was like, oh, this one's cute. I probably won't watch it as much as I watched it's the other also two. the most, surprisingly, I mean, it's not... You know, that moments in that first movie, I wouldn't... What am I trying to say? It's definitely the most uh, blatantly misogynistic of the three movies. Um, uh, you saying Army uh, of Darkness? Yes. Okay. Uh, in the third one. You know, I mean, there is, of course, the, you know, stuff yes. in the first one. But yes. I... And that, I would, cla- I would categorize that as something entirely different as far as the way that the dialogue functions. That third movie... There's a lot of misogynistic ideas it, yeah. in the way that it's it's, it's playing into like the you know the knights you know quote unquote but right. it's, it, it, and yeah. then it gets it's just I don't know it's a little bit I'm like whatever but they literally leaned so hard into doing these practical effects it's the very skeletons much like you said, are they were incredible. trying to do a live action cartoon yeah the the skeletons are incredible like there's so many great bits with all the skeletons and the oh fucking gosh, sounds yes. they make and when the one is playing a bone like a flute as they're marching into war like that shit's killing me that shit is, is getting me a rise um and like and the, in the climactic action scene where there's obviously just people off camera just like hawking skeletons in Bruce Campbell just and he has to go like right. oh it's like it's good it's a good bit um, it's fun. No, it's one of those. I think that fun. third one is, in my opinion, also the one that uh, from someone that is is like a film involved in filmmaking or like that kind of stuff is the one that's the most blatantly in a campy way kind of meta. For sure. Where you watch it and you're like, you know that we know it's a movie, and they yes. know we know it's a movie, right? As opposed to those first two movies where it's tongue is firmly in cheek and there is a little bit of a meta sensibility, yeah. but it's still treated like 
this is what's happening. And there's there's plenty of good bits, you know, like when he can't remember the the spells, you know, and he's kind of like mumbling certain parts of the spell under his breath. Like there's good there's good bits in it, but I would only sure. probably watch it if I was running the whole trilogy again. Whereas I could see myself regularly putting on one or two just right, to like because right. and again they're 80 minutes it's not now do it's, i it's have a, a long t-shirt lunch. with the stuff from the third one and not the first two yes because it's far more iconic and it's yeah the boomstick really... and the yeah it's all it's all very it's all very good it's great it's really fun army of darkness is only lesser in comparison to the other two evil dead movies it is a perfectly good i mean at movie that point it's itself. like an entirely different it's interesting Reminds me of a point I was thinking of earlier. Yes. I talk about how one of the things that frustrates me a lot with uh, horror series or, you know, t- t- sequels, etc., is at a certain point, they become action movies, right? I talk about it with Stranger yeah. Things. Stranger Things season one is legitimately suspenseful and kind of scary, right? Yeah. But then season two, it's not scary. It's just an action it, it happens kids. with and basically think, everything. It's a difference between like alien and aliens. Right. It, right. It, it happens and with, you're right, basically sense. It's like at a certain point, you just kind of have to admit that that's what happens. So yeah. I love that the journey for this one went like horror movie to them being like, okay, we're just going to kind of reclaim it, but make it funnier. And then they yeah. went, we really, and they leaned into that need in the movie. And they said, fine, we're go, we'll go full action comedy. Absolutely. And just go off the rails because we can. Because fuck it. And it's awesome. It's so it's such a bold move. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh it's it's they they steered into the skit. They knew what was happening, they knew what was necessary, and so they're like, well, why half ass it? Why try and hide? Let's just fu- let's go whole hog. Let's let's turn <clears> it <throat> into a big action cartoon, as opposed right. to like and, and part of that is because horror relies often so much on on mystery not necessarily like solving a mystery but like things we don't know things we don't understand but and that is kind of like the genius of aliens and why honestly like no alien sequel has fully worked since aliens is because james cameron goes like okay the 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 xenomorph is terrifying and it's but that wasn't what was scary. That but, first one is a, is yeah. an example of cosmic horror, and aliens yeah. are used a lot in cosmic horror because they lean into the unknown. And the right. thing is, when you do that first movie about what's the unknown, once you get to the end and you confront the monster, you know it's no what longer it is, unknown. Right? So that's exactly. not that's no longer the fear that you're producing yeah. your sequel so, into. So so he knows we can't just do another one. Right? right, he knows we can't just like okay, another one alien in one place. So he's like, it's a million, and there's space marines, and they're just gonna like, <laughs> they're gonna blow the shit out of them. Um, and 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 that movie works really well. And again, like other alien sequels have tried to like, kind of half-ass it and do like half of one and one of the other. It's just it's never fully worked again because the rabbit's out of the hat, right? Like, the, the right. xenomorph is in the is in daylight now. It's never going to work again. We've seen it. The same it. way. Yeah. Right. And that's what uh, 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 the Nightmare on Elm Street has done a similar thing, where it's like, okay, after the first one, uh, Freddy is now a comedy cartoon character. <laughs> I, I, that, I mean, yes, but I would also argue that he's a comedy cartoon character in the first one. That is true, but like he—he he doesn't have like catchphrases yet. 
<laughs> he doesn't have like, yeah that's true he doesn't that's have true. his it's like that's all folks you know? <laughs> right yeah he doesn't, that no, doesn't come fair. along until at least another couple nightmares on elm street um but a natural escalation of that character what was i saying there was a thing i was saying i forget what i, I was don't saying no uh something about uh, uh mystery something about uh, uh have something about horror franchises uh, uh, meet the feebles. Uh, uh, oh, gosh. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Oh, I can't think of what I was thinking. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. I don't know what's going on. So I'm like, I feel fine. I'm like entirely well. I took an, I took a COVID test this morning, came back negative. As I took one two days ago, it was also negative. I just like for some reason don't have a voice. Which is really weird because it's something that like never happens to me. I think you know if I'm if I'm if I'm throwing a if I'm throwing a fucking spitball here, I think it's mm-hmm. because like the weather in New York is changing so like on See, a day everybody thinks day it might basis. be the allergy stuff, and I think they might. I'm not be saying right, allergies like... necessarily. I think when it's like thirty degrees, seventy degrees, fifty degrees, I think it's just your internal fucking machinate. They're just they're they're all over the place. I think your your equilibrium is fucked. Your your hot tea your, or something. Your four humors are in. Are, are in oh yes, we're gonna go down to the humors. Yeah, my mm-hmm. blood is out of balance. Someone yeah, grab the leeches. Yeah, your yellow bile is it's out right, of whack. Literally. We need to we need to get in. We need to fix your your yellow bile. Um, I think it. I think I'm your doctor, <laughs> and I think you need a good bleeding. <laughs> you go. I need. I think you need a bleeding and a hold on to some of this lavender. Hope you feel better next week. Or yeah, else you're or if die. you died, oh well. <laughs> Yeah, either you'll feel better or you'll die. Either way, you'll be in a better place. So, I did, moving I did on. My <laughs> I did my best. Uh, let's see. I don't know. I guess we'll uh, try and enter it. Uh, but this is, of course, Advanced Media Studies uh, uh, podcast. How are we going to um, do this? <laughs> I know. This is going to be interesting. This is going to be dicey. Uh, 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 podcast where we aim to talk about every piece of pop culture ever created. Ever created. At a time, we are in the halfway point of our mythic pod quest where we talk about Ooh. apple tv plus's mythic quest i am the person that has seen this week's episodes tv's kevin lanigan uh and <laughs> but you may call me the executioner jace that would make sense if you had seen the episode yeah I i'm i'm sure I it would have hey what's up everybody i'm jace i use they them pronouns you can also use my last name as a pronoun if you want it's ziv whoa it's whoa. one syllable amazing anyway what was I saying? I have not seen these episodes. Spitball, um, what do you think been... is something from the episodes? <laughs> I, You know what? I don't know. I'm just going to explain myself. I've been in callbacks for a show. Uh, I can't say much right now, but I just found out I got cast, and I'm very excited about it. Mazel. It will be coming to Off-Broadway in a couple months. So That's fantastic. Stay tuned. I guess you'll just have to check back into this podcast for me to let you know more what? details when I'm allowed to. Crazy. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a good. Yeah, you have to listen to every episode. Every or at least episode. Download, or at least download every episode. I guess I don't care if you listen. Um, but just give us those numbies. <laughs> Caleb is tweeting, but he's not yet on the call. <laughs> this is that's my call valid. out post. Tweeting this is a very is what what is, what call is Caleb tweeting? Post. He's replying to people. It's popping up in my feed, and I'm like, dog, get on, get on Skype. <laughs> It's okay. He'll be here. Daddy Host has also seen these this week's episodes, but Jace has been in callbacks. Jace has not seen them, and uh, <laughs> so that's that's sort of the impasse that we're at. Um, and I'm going to continue to stall 
and uh, we'll see how yeah, long we this can story t- There's takes. other things we can talk next about. Next week, though. of course, we will be talking about. Well, not next. So it's good. We're going to record in two weeks. You're doing great. The episode's probably going to come out in two weeks. But we'll okay. be talking. Instead of jumping into Mythic Quest Season 2, we're going to jump into uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, which I just finished re-watch my uh, rewatch of today. I did a rewatch in, in two chunks. Um, yeah, one of the great films. We'll get into period. it more next episode. One of the great films, period. Period. And I say, you know, I always feel weird, like, when people are like, what are the best movies ever made? I'm like, I don't really feel qualified. I have too many like big uh, gaps in my filmography. However, I feel pretty confident in saying just I could watch everything ever made. I would still probably put the thing up there. I still would probably like put the thing it's uh, uh, near the top of my list. Right. It's uh, at least one of the best American films ever made that I feel. Yeah, that, that, I'll, I'll stamp yeah. that. No problem. No problem. Um, and, and so that'll be exciting to talk about a personal fave of mine, uh, obviously a personal fave of Jace, who's, who's, I uh, love it. I love choice it, so it was. Much. That I... is also cosmic horror. We were talking about that with Alien. Yeah. The thing that makes this one so excited is because of the nature of the thing where you will never know. It's unknowable. What it's, it's unknowable. And that's what makes it so good. It's the same reason why when you watch Bird Box, it works because you never see it. It's unknowable. Um, and, and it, and, and the thing, unlike other movie monsters, the thing has no form. Like we do not, there is no root it's incredible. of what the thing, it's incredible. Go watch it. Listeners, please, please. Oh my gosh. Please go watch it. Um, I, I, I will say my one major critique of it right now, uh, we'll get into it at a later day, but my one main critique of it is that I, I wish it wasn't always a bunch of men yelling, but at the same time, you know, it's less yelly than you remember. I'll say that as someone who like just rewatched it, there's really only like one or two scenes where it gets yelly. I will say that. Yeah, no, and that's that's what I mean. It's a an incredibly minor comment, but it's one sure. that I would you know, I feel like I must comment on. Yeah. Within the, my gendered the, lens, the, etc. Oh the my an- gosh, the Antarctic base is chitra. very is a real sausage fest down in Antarctica. It's a real it's a real it's a dude <laughs> fest down in down in Antarctica where the thing from another world will will stalk around and do various things. I cannot wait to hear Daddy Host's thoughts on John Carpenter's the thing. I've seen most of it. I haven't watched oh, okay. it all the way through myself, but I mean, it's uh, good. being a being a cinephile and appreciating practical effects, it's like one of the staples, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's one of the great practical effects. Like it's it's on time. the fucking. I, right, I don't know you get to the end of that sucker. Holy I'm one of those people hell. that got emotional when the guy who was in the puppet suit for Godzilla died like six years ago. Yeah, that's true. Because that guy's the reason why we have so much monster fiction in film. Because he was so, like, just great yeah. at fucking stomping around. Just an iconic stomper, right? Just, like, really killing it with the physicality of, like, what would a giant lizard walk around like? And he figured have it y'all, out. Have y'all seen the people that have done the math about, like, based on the size of King of sorry Godzilla, what it would sound like if he were to roar? Nothing good. It would not sound good. Because, like, scientifically... It would be almost unregisterable as a note. It would just be a vibration. And anybody so, within yeah, like two well, miles, their heart would stop. Yeah, it would lick like it would yeah. kill them. <laughs> your fucking brains would leak out of your fucking ears. Um, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Jeez. Absolutely. It would just be a vibration. Buildings would that. fall over and people's blood would boil. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds great. Honestly. It sounds like a party. 
Um, what are the other? What are some great practical effects before we dive into Mythic Quest? Uh, oh, honestly, for me, American Werewolf in London, ac- unbelievable. The, Rick Baker. That, practical there was also another um, contemporary that was done. It was really well. It was another transformation. The Benicio del Toro transformation. Oh, that's pretty good. Which one? In, in the, uh, when Benicio del Toro played. The Wolfman, the wolf yeah, in the, in the 2010s. I think, like, I think Anthony Hopkins. Oh, I'm there. talking about around the same time that that American Werewolf came oh, out. around the 80s. Oh. That could be something. Honestly, for me, on. one of the high water marks will always be uh, Audrey 2 in the Little Shop of Horrors movie. It's obviously oh. a very difficult, oh. different, but My that God, that, that is puppet one of the greatest is puppets ever made. Unbelievable. The mouth <laughs> movement, the fucking like, and when it like all the, the different stages, the when it like rises to full height, you know, in like the class, unbelievable practical effect. One and of the, the fact greats, that they the did that and they would they would do it like much slower and they would speed it up to make it look yes, more natural exactly. because it would be impossible to do it. Like in, in real time, and so it was, heavy. It would oh be God, impossible no. to get and that yeah. amount of articulation at that actual speed from that, that beast. That's no. why. That's why it had to be Frank. That's why it had to be long, tall Frank Oz. Uh, he's the only. He's the only man for the job. Um, I'm sure we'll get into more practical effects stuff uh, next. Record with the thing. Fucking! Um, I gotta give my example. Jurassic Park. Yes, oh, of course. One hundred percent. Those dinosaurs Absolutely are still good. No Those question dinosaurs about it. rule. Unbelievable. So fucking good. Good dinosaur. Also, also, I think all of the people in Apollo 11, or 13, sorry, Apollo 13, where they were, um, were they like filming all the space scenes in an gravity. airplane that was, was <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did the insane. that one airplane ride where it like goes up and it's like it crests and during that crest you have zero gravity and so they're filming all of the fucking zero g stuff in apollo 13 and that like one brief window i can't it's like imagine. 30 second it's like 30 second increments a nightmare a nightmare but you know what that movie is perfect <laughs> yeah that, and uh and bryce movie. is following up in their dad's legacy and making really good shit too well, that's exciting what's bryce what's bryce doing behind the camera She's directed like two or three of the best Mandalorian episodes, including one that has really, really deep really? homages to her, Christ to her Mary. dad. Um, she did the, she did. I don't know if you got, if y'all have watched both seasons of Mandalorian, but in season two he meets members of the Death Watch who are like mm-hmm. other Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where the Razor Crest comes out of orbit, mm-hmm. or it like comes into atmosphere, mm-hmm. and it's like rattling because it's beat up, mm-hmm. and the condensation from that happening in his like less than sealed cabin is causing water to bead and droplet on the all over the instruments of the ship and it's dropping down on him as it's coming down it's like nice. almost a one-to-one reference to ron's work in apollo 13 nice. as they're re-entering the atmosphere i had no uh, i had no idea she did a boba as well and now she's she's in pre-pro on flight of the navigator um is that uh, a remake uh yeah or like an adaptation of the same source material or whatever um the one that was the one the dicaprio was in right no that's the aviator oh right. yeah which that's a good another movie. excellent movie but very different <laughs> very <laughs> different but again good movie uh flight of the navigator 1986 um, in 1978, a boy travels eight years into the future and has an adventure with an intelligent, wisecracking alien ship. Okay. Okay, Bryce yeah. Dally. Yeah. All right, whatever. Yeah. 
I, re- I remember watching a thing where she was talking about how much her dad's love for science fiction influenced her as a kid. That's great. And now she gets to make that stuff. And you know what? Good for yeah. her. Fuck it up, baby. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know what she was doing outside of those terrible Jurassic World movies. But it's good to know that she's, she's like, making money. She's so up she to some direct. shit. Yeah. She's doing some cool shit. Damn. She's making money so she can direct. That's what she's doing Absolutely. in those terrible movies. That similar rules. to similar to Matt McConaughey in Dumb Chick Flicks. She did and, an and episode. And pleasure before him. Of Arrested Development. Well, there you go. Rock on. Let's let's talk some Mythic Quest, eh? Now that the three of us are assembled. Oh, you know, yes. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I still I'm, I, yeah, I still haven't seen them. Yeah, Jace, this will be fun. This will be fun for you to yeah. hear about some Mythic Quest you have to look forward to. Yeah. Um, you should, Jace, you should watch them right now while we talk about them. That's actually a great idea. I'm going to put that yeah. on. That's a great idea. Um, perfect. Because Kevin so... and I can wax philosophical, and then you can be like, oh, my God, this one scene. Yeah. And we'll be like, yes, that. It's, it's happening right now as you two are talking about it. Whoa. Uh, oh my so let's God. talk about uh, the okay. first Two special. very emotional episodes for me, by the way. Absolutely. No, these are two. These are the, mm, I guess these and Dark Quiet Death are the three best episodes of the show so far. Uh, these two like, episodes of, are the paintball, though, of this season. Exactly. Well, we, we, we shall discuss. But first, uh, the first special, Quarantine, directed by Rob McElhaney, written by Rob McElhaney and Megan Gans. And David Hornsby. It, uh, this episode takes place entirely on Zoom, or a Zoom-like platform, as uh, the crew at MQ deal with uh, uh, trying to uh, do work and, and socialize in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, Poppy uh, sort of has a nervous breakdown, uh, Jace, uh, spoilers. Um, and, and in the end, they sort of all come together to do a cute little thing. And the thing about the cute little thing that they do... Is they actually it, fucking did it. It, uh, I didn't know that, but that is fun to know. It, um, Caleb, it infuriates me because <laughs> it's cheesy as hell, and I have cried both times that it's, I've it seen works. It, it I works just, so much. It, I'm yeah. infuriated. <laughs> I'm it's so mad. It's dumb and corny. <laughs> and it and works like a charm. I don't know what yeah. it is. It's the music and the way they're all cheering, and it's just, it. I die when I CW, see it. CW shouting, fuck you, coronavirus. I mean, uh. come on. I mean, come on. I So generally, I will say, I prefer most media to not acknowledge the the current pandemic i i i prefer most television shows to proceed in their universe as if the pandemic is not happening right while obviously like the cast and crew observing you know proper protocols but like in the fiction i like most things to kind of avoid it but if you're going to do it i think this episode does it pretty perfectly framework right yeah in three two months into the pandemic three months into into quarantine just like perfectly sum up the emotional state to this day as as articulatable as as they did um and 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 make it all work and and everyone's performances are good and it isn't annoying to just like stare at a zoom (laughs) for for 30 straight minutes um good job team oh my god there's a moment where i'm getting ahead of myself Hey, who, Kev, who are you? Oh, we already did that. Oh, okay. I'm the third guy who <laughs> have kids. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> no, we already we did that a while ago. Kids. That's yeah. me. I have, I, I, um, children or whatever. <laughs> the moment where it just, the, the screen plays as Poppy's eyes, and you're yeah. just watching her, like, filter through code. Yeah. And look for things while Ian's trying to get her attention, while she's ignoring it, and, like, popping to other windows. 
and then like saying like I'm done. I'm like nobody's saying anything until someone's like, okay, you can quit now. And then it then cutting out to her and the realization of like, oh fuck, I needed this. Yeah, oh, she's, God, she's so good. drowning without work, without motivation, without. I mean, like I I honestly you know kind of experienced similar. Now I did not live alone like Poppy seems to live alone, but it was like a boy. I'm glad I have like a podcast to keep me like doing something every week. You know what I mean? Like this show, uh, uh, functioned in a similar way, but this, this, this plot line with Poppy and ultimately when it becomes like a plot line with Ian, it is of course very sweet, but it also feels like a pivot point on how we're going to treat Ian as a character. Do you know what I mean? Like this is the moment where you decide where they have obviously made a decision of like, are we going to treat our asshole main character like a Jeff Winger or like a Dennis Reynolds? Like, are we going to try to humanize them or are we going to turn them into like an inhuman monster? Right. And they, and they elect in this moment to say like, no, he's a, he's a person. We're going to treat him like a a human being Um, and, and give him emotionality and give him depth. Uh, which is, I, I, I think ultimately a good choice for the direction this show will go, at least in this, in this season coming up, yeah. which is a much yeah. more emotional season. Yeah. This season's extremely personal. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Also, Even for like, like Brad, who like, we, you don't expect the show to go to emotional places with fucking Brad Bakshi. And it like, yeah. it, it will go there. It, <laughs> it will jump in that place. Yeah. We talked about it last episode a little bit, how like, the relationship between Poppy and Ian is very much like a, an un or a dysfunctional, uh, moderately abusive relationship, and that there are two ways for fiction to deal with those things, and one is to vilify the douchebag continuously, so that you know that there wasn't anything redeeming about them, and then give the character that is their opposite a place to go that is a response, whether that's alone or with somebody who's not a piece of shit. And then the other alternative is to dig into why the piece of shit is a piece of shit and allow them space to grow and become different. And I think this season and this show uh, does a really good job of the latter, of of figuring out how to give Ian some humanity. Uh, And and my favorite part is that it doesn't work right away. For Uh, sure. (laughs) And it's not just like, oh, hey, he's, he's great. We it's don't, like, yeah, we don't uh, just flip a switch and he's a nice, perfectly good, like functional person, right? Like we don't, right. um, absolutely, and it and it and it 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 works. And I, you know, on a like a, uh, you know, everyone is obviously filming in their own homes during this uh, episode. Like I've seen, I've seen that exact backdrop when like Danny Pudi has done interviews, you know, during during yeah. the pandemic, that like office attic looking sort of room that he's in. And just like seeing Rob McElhaney's actual house, <laughs> this this palatial mansion with like a bridge. Yeah. And like it's it's yeah. unbelievable. It's extremely funny. And you're like, oh yeah, it's always sunny he's been on television for like a long time. <laughs> and oh, it's yeah. always sunny is always, always been on playing. long enough that Rob McElhaney bought a soccer team. <laughs> right, right. Like, he and Ryan Reynolds bought a soccer team. <laughs> yeah. You know? But, but yeah, but, yeah, it's with a fucking bridge, and you're like, oh, yeah, 13 seasons of It's Always Sunny, and that show is always playing. Those residuals are always coming in. Always, always, um, always. Ridiculous. Charlie, Charlie Day is all but stopped acting. He just produces. Right. Shows up in something right. every so He was in a Mountain Dew commercial that uh, <laughs> played sure. in my movie theater the other day. 
Um, that's just doing. That's just doing good math, Kev. They go, yeah, "We'll sure. give you ten million dollars to be here for a day." Yeah, and he's like, right. "Yeah." It's amazing I'll, how much that, that that paradigm has shifted for uh, doing ads because it used to be not even like within our lifetimes, like celebrities had to go to Japan to do advertisements because it was seen as like gauche or hack for these celebrities to be like doing MasterCard commercials or Pepsi commercials or what have you. Now it's just the expected, the expected yeah. thing. Um, 100%. That and I think that's changed. honestly, that's changed hundred percent because now you never stop seeing like celebrities and you're like, Samuel L. Jackson, Taylor Swift, do you like really need capital one money? But I guess, you know, there they are. They're collecting capital one money. Yeah, um, they just use that Capital One money as like a vacation slush fund or something. Mm-hmm. Just like, right, and those, those I don't are need two, it. Obviously. I'll take everything I get here and then go do right. something fun. That's right. It's like the uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in airplane because he wanted mm. to like buy a rug, so his salary was like the exact price of the Turkish rug that he wanted to buy. Incredible. Uh, yeah, incredible. I love it. Incredible. I stuff. love. It. Uh, great film, great athlete, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Check him out. Um, and it, it, yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Or, or Michael Caine in regards to, I want to say Jaws the Revenge. Um, yeah, or, or Twist, that awful Oliver Twist movie I watched. Sure, but jo- but Jaws the Revenge has a specific quote where Michael Caine's like, I've never seen Jaws the Revenge, but I've seen the beach house it bought, and it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> perfect which is beautiful a perfect a perfect response to to that um but this is a this is a this is a good strong episode of 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 mythic quest bringing it back <laughs> to to what we're talking about yes. um and seeing like david hornsby god bless him like actually shaving off like an eyebrow and, and shaving off his mustache and shit um yep. what the things you do for your craft you know that's method acting that's people love to talk about the revenant leo dicaprio <laughs> but uh, this is real method acting shaving i hate your method acting so eyebrow. much i think method acting does not bring anything to the art form except for an excuse for white people to abuse their castmates except for ego right i'm jared leto i'm gonna mail a condom to no, it's, margot robbie it's all abusive it Everybody does not that's actually like... make you a good actor it just makes you have emotional issues my favorite Maybe response to people uh, 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 method acting is I don't remember who it was <clears throat> fuck I wish I did another actor who was just like someone was like D- are you a method actor and he was like no I'm an actor right yeah. exactly my job I is act. to act like that right. not eating like that eating a, a fucking raw bison liver and going ew gross is not method acting eating like cotton candy and going ew gross is method acting right like that's you no, that's, that's just acting, acting. right it's just, I'm sorry I said method acting I meant, I meant acting um, right. there's that story about I want to say the movie is Marathon Man with, um, with Dustin Hoffman and Peter O'Toole and Dustin Hoffman like stayed up for like 72 hours to to do a scene and he shows up and he's like haggard and peter o'toole's like what's wrong with you he's like well my character is supposed to have been up for 72 hours i wanted to get into that headspace i wanted to i wanted to you know like be along with the character and peter o'toole was like have you ever tried acting (laughs) (laughs) which is that's devastating you don't come back from that that's your you're a pile of ash on the floor at that point okay hold on real quick i got it up is this episode 10 and episode 11 Yes. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. Here we yes. go. Yes. 
put on those subs and uh, rock on, rock and roll. You guys have been dragged so. Don't do that. Yeah, no. although do turn off the audio, please. Yeah, I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna send it into my headphones so I can um, hear you end the show, and uh, you can only hear me. Yes. Well, that's that's genius. Fun. It's amazing what we can do with technology these days. Incredible. It's unbelievable. Incredible. Uh, Incredible. Host, any other thoughts about this particular epi? I mean, it's great. I I don't know. It's solid. Okay, I'm just asking. It's <laughs> it's incredible. Also, watching it during, God, watching it. I guess it was 2021. It had to have been. Still watching it. It like, came so out in close. May 2020. Oh my God! All came right, May well, 22nd, 2020. Two months into the pandemic. <laughs> sure, they probably did it in like a week. Sure. I mean, they probably uh, like Apple TV. You know, shipped everyone a bunch of iphones you know like like they did with the joel McHale tiger king special you know wait i'm um, sorry real quick they just hit apple tv just hit me with an ad for a show called severance and it looks yep. amazing directed thought, by yeah, ben we, stiller yeah, it looks it good incredible. i haven't had a chance to see it but it looks good got uh, adam scott and uh zach cherry a lot of interesting people i just have not uh, really fascinating cast really fascinating premise all right yeah been meaning to get around to it but you know I have the not, time. <laughs> I've been watching Succession instead, you know? No, there's a couple, like, I don't know, watching... I don't think I watched it in 2020. Or if I, if I did, it was near the end of 2020. Sure. Um, just because I was, like, late to it. I, w- I think I started watching it as soon as I found out season two was coming out. Sure. So around that time. Anyway, um, the whole moment with Ian going for a walk and then being at Poppy's door... Uh, just fucking shattered me when it happened. When mm-hmm. I watched it the first time, I was like, "Oh, oh, this show did that." Like, Open the door, and not like rewatching it. You're like, "Oh, he's definitely walking to our house." Sure. But still, it caught me too. I just like, oh. it, I was like, "How did I not see that coming?" They got and me. It, it's so emotional and so good. Yeah, I I love it. I love it. Um, it's really sweet. It's a funny episode. It's like it was. This was a turning point for me on this show where I was like, this show is really, like, it is capable of going to special places. Mm-hmm. I think this could end up being, like, a really interesting show when all is said sure. and done. Um, and, and season two proves that to a certain extent. Uh, yeah. As it, as it uh, again, continues to push the bounds of what the show was thought capable of. Still to this day, I do not fucking know how three and four will be made. I, I'd love to see what they do. I can't. I can't wait. Gonna do? <laughs> I do. have no idea. But hey, rock on! I love love a show writing itself into an impossible corner and figuring out how to scroll its way out. Love that. Yeah, let's go. Worked like on our thing. Worked on Breaking Bad for years. You know. Yeah. Um, There's no, that show Search Party, which I've never seen, but uh, apparently they wrote every season finale intentionally of like we're going to write ourselves into the biggest corner we can think of with no plan of how to get out. And it was like a fun little challenge for them that they set for themselves. Interesting. Dangerous, but interesting. I admire it. People say it's good. Yeah. Been meaning to get around to it. Uh, That's an Apple TV show, right? That's got the No, big it was it was TBS and then HBO Max was the final season. Uh, Sitch party. What am I thinking? For those of you who are wondering, I just watched Ian walk out of a hot tub while completely naked. Yeah, baby. You can, like, gotta love those cold opens. Gotta hey, love those cold opens. Rob McElhaney, he's a fit man. What can I say? He's, he's, he's He puts in the time. He puts in the work. It's very, very funny to me that he's a fit man now because, like, there's a moment in 
Always right. Sunny, where he on purpose was not a fit man. And right. then as a plot point became a fit man. Right, because he was uh, at the and, beginning of the show, he's like, he's a kind of a regular guy in his 20s, you know, where he's like, it's fit, but it doesn't seem like he works out all the time. And right. then for season, I think, six or seven, he tried to convince the whole cast to gain a bunch of weight. And they were all like, no, we're not doing that. Uh, but he's like, fine, I'll do it. Um, so he gains a bunch of weight and then like loses it all. And ever since then, he's been like a fucking ripped. Yeah. He's <laughs> a little shredded. Like, yeah, absolutely. Buckwild. Insane. Yeah. Y'all remember when Jared Leto gained all that weight to play the guy that shot John Lennon by drinking melted ice cream and olive oil every day. And then nobody saw that movie or liked it. Do y'all remember no, that? I didn't remember, and that seems perhaps like the most appropriate ending. Seems like the this. most fucking Jared Leto ass thing that's ever. Yeah. Man. Anyway, let's move on to the next episode. Um, <laughs> the second special, which aired eleven months later, um, with like a month to go between the second season. So this was really like a primer for hey, yeah, it was like a, here we back. go next season. Um, could have been the season premiere, but whatever, it's a special. Um, oh. Everlight. Uh, again, directed by Rob McElhaney, written by Ashley Birch. Uh, in this episode, the team at NQ uh, celebrates their annual Everlight uh, party, where they have a big fucking LARP combat competition in the middle of the MQ offices, uh, uh, and um, challenges arise to Ian's proposed winner uh, for this year. Uh, Daddy Host, yeah. this... This episode is unbelievable. This is this is the only episode of TV that has come out in the last six years, almost seven now, that has properly picked up community's genre. Yep. Torch. One hundred percent. Only episode I have seen of a live action show to properly go. We've seen your modern warfare. <laughs> We've seen your fucking geothermal escapism. And now it's our turn. <laughs> they fucking grabbed it and, and seized it. This episode's so unbelievable. This it's is so good. The lighting throughout this entire thing is insane. And the, the yeah. set redesign that they did for it with all the fucking right. foliage and the special effects. And when Daddy Pootie turns into like a fucking lich. Dude, <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's incredible. I, it's one of my favorite episodes. Like, I don't... kidding me. It's so this, good. This is my favorite it's episode. So good. I won't lie. This is the best episode of the show so yeah. far. This episode it's rules. It's incredible. Um, the, I don't... The, the whole ensemble man. gets, like, fun shit to do. Joe yeah. gets to be insane. <laughs> the HR lady gets to just drink, which just is... Drink? The moment I saw that, I was like, finally... She gets to do what she wants to do. Honestly, like, the only <laughs> note is that there's not enough Sue in this episode, but I understand that like there was a lot going on here, and you can't yeah. you can't yeah. fit everyone in. Fit not everybody. enough Sue. Not yeah. enough Sue. Um, but God but like, damn, all the action scenes, all the like combat, you know, fucking Ashley Birch just like tearing down. Oh, we didn't mention it in the quarantine episode. There's a little like Aloy in the background of of Ashley Birch's so. right. Right, so heading um, in the background, you're like, "Oh, hey, hey, there it is." I, I, hey, an Easter egg. <laughs> oh, um, I, I picked it up. 
hey, yeah. I found that Easter egg. Uh, but that's a, that's a fun little that's a fun little nugget. Um, but the, the fucking combat when like the arrow is flying, it transforms into like a fantasy oh, arrow, and it, it all becomes real. Also, we haven't mentioned like maybe the coolest part of this episode, which is that it's narrated by Anthony fucking Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins? What, um, what the fuck? Which explains why he was, like, the person who announced Mythic Quest Seasons 3 and 4. <laughs> I had forgotten that, and I was like, Oh my god, he... Kev. Why is he doing that? Now because they're gonna bring it back with another Everlight. Good, as they should. As many of these as you choose to give me, truly. Um, I did a little homework okay. uh, regarding this episode. Okay. Because it, my, my dumb brain, full of useless nonsense, <laughs> remembered... Uh-huh. Danny Pudi is in enti- is in a movie about LARPing. Danny Pudi is in a movie about like LARPing gone wrong, um, called Knights of Badass Dumb, which um, yeah. which sat on the shelf for years and years and years, and was obviously like fantasy casted by Comic Con circa 2011 or 12, because it's got fucking Peter Dinklage, it's got Summer Glau. Uh, Danny Pudi, uh, Steve Zahn, you know, all of these, like, all uh, of the regulars that be in that. Yeah, of sure. genre, of fantasy television and all that. Um, and I, I started watching it on Tubi, uh, the most underrated streaming service <laughs> in town, the, the, stream, sure. the, the most robust streaming library in the game. Um, the movie's bad. I turned it off after, like, half an hour. But <laughs> I tried to do my homework. I really tried <laughs> I I did my best. I gave it a college try. I watched one third of the movie and they just did one too many jokes about Summer Glau's body. And I was like, I'm out. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm wrapping this up. I can't do this anymore. Sure. Sure. This poor woman. (laughs) (laughs) They like smile her way through. But it was like, it was this movie that I followed for years because it was like sitting in development hell uh, the only move, the other movie I remember doing that for was Fanboys. Daddy Host, do you remember? Do you know Fanboys? That does sound familiar. Let me look it up. Real it's quick. the movie. It's got like Dan Fogler and Kristen Bell. It's about these nerds in 1999 who's they, they have a friend who is dying of cancer, so they decide to steal an advanced copy of The Phantom Menace so that their friend can see it before he dies. Um, what is it's like this? A, it's a road trip movie called Fanboys, um, and it has shit. like like Ray Park is in it as like the security guard at George Lucas's mansion, and he does some kind of like you know Ray Park shit. Um, there's a few other people. Ethan Suplee plays Harry Knowles of Ain't It Cool News, which like that has aged terribly. Um, <laughs> but but that happens in the movie. It's like a weird like road trip movie about them trying to steal the phantom. Me- There's another star Wars cameo. I can't remember. Maybe it's Ahmed best or Anthony Daniels. Anyway, but the last line of the movie is them sitting down to watch the phantom menace. And they say, what if it sucks? And that's like the big, that's the oh. big last joke. <laughs> that's the big last. Uh, joke. That's incredible. Cannot tell you how this now. movie has aged. I imagine poorly, but that is a guess. I haven't seen it in over a decade. Fanboys. This was written by. Mm, this was Say written it. by Ernest Klein. That makes perfect sense now that you say that. 
Um, oh, Jay Baruchel is in this. I forgot about that. <laughs> this is it written makes, by Ernest Klein? makes perfect sense that this is from the Ready Player One guy. That makes the most sense in the world. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I didn't know he wrote that before. When did Ready Player One come out? Uh, that's a good... Uh, in, the, in the early 2010s, like 11 or 12, I think. So he oh, yeah, made sen- a movie before he made Ready Player One. He was a scriptwriter before Ready Player One. He was I like, didn't he, know this. He, yeah, My he, brain he is was a writer melting. of scripts before writing Ready Player One. Uh, oh yeah, Seth Rogen he plays three parts. He wrote an episode of parts. Red versus Blue. What of course the fuck he did. Is I forgot this. Yeah, Seth Rogen plays three parts in the movie, including a a big Trekkie that they go to war with. Um, in anyway, what movie is this? in fanboys, <laughs> in fanboys. I'm okay. sorry. I'm just. I'm now remembering fanboys uh in a in a more in a more profound way i'm sorry but this anyway incredible i yeah. i've always seen this movie and been like oh it's got the star wars font and literally never once read what the fuck it's about <laughs> yeah never once that's it that's it that's fanboys a movie oh, only God. i remember i am the sole survivor <laughs> of remembering <laughs> I am I am Mark Wahlberg in the movie Soul Survivor. I'm the Soul Survivor. <laughs> Ridiculous, it's but fair. Everlight is good. But Everlight is is fucking incredible. And like the the fucking music that they play over it, the animation that opens it up with the Anthony Hopkins you know narration, like this. The animation really is great. Fucking I would watch cool that show. Animated sequence that that unfolds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Poppy repeatedly. Poppy doing some great pratfalls in fireball fireball (laughs) and she gets pelted with it twice and she she fucking she goes down like a champ she does does a fucking like full ass like over a chair pratfall good for her yeah Um, it rules yeah rock on it rules Uh, that's the good shit joe just being insane being unhinged i'm gonna get my kills i'm gonna get my kills uh it's fine just tearing people apart and they're like jesus christ joe You also see a little bit. I I want to say it's. I want to say it's specifically Megan Gann's influence. But you see this a similar exchange to Shirley walking into Troy teaching Jeff how to fight, and Troy uh-huh. being like, "Sorry, we're just fighting," and then going one of the best scenes of the show. And then Jeff's like, no, "We were we were just fighting." Damn, Damn that is hard. Where like it word. starts and fucking. I am the saying, I decree, and Poppy's like, we. And he's like, we. we and then decree. when it switches and she's doing it, she says I, and he corrects her like two or three times. And she goes, damn, it is hard not to do that. Yeah, uh, you're right. That does feel. Does feel it feels like a very parallel joke. Uh, ringing that bell a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It rules. This episode yeah. rules. When it turns into like like a real fight. When the incredible. switch flips. The switch is so good. Yeah, and it's like it's it's now like you know there's no background actors. They're holding real weaponry, you know, real quote unquote. Uh, like it, that's the good shit. That's, that's the good shit, dude. That's that when it did that, I was like, shit. and the arrow hits the tree, and it's just a dark forest. I was mm. like, oh my god, they're going for it. They're uh, doing it. That's it's the best good shit. <laughs> Fuck, dude. It's fucking delicious. Ugh, it's a tasty oh, so morsel. Great. It's fucking good. Uh, and Danny Pooty just fucking hamming it up. And just, Danny, too, Danny Pooty fucking eats all episode. When he's like, when he's like, I made you defensing and gets in the stance. And I was like, yep, 
yep, I needed to see Danny Pudi rocking this. And then he's yes. like, I minored in archery. <laughs> Which is, if we're meant to believe this is true, it means that the monetization lead in the studio, yeah. who's a diabolical asshole already, mm-hmm. didn't even study business. He majored in fencing and minored in archery. Which, like... Well, no, he got a fencing scholarship. That's okay. different. Okay, so he, he got a fencing scholarship, but he but minored, he minored in, archery. in archery. Yes, indeed. Um, I took a fencing class in college. It was fun. I had a good time. Um, I didn't go best... to school that had fencing. Yeah, if I'm it, sorry. If they did, we read, like, Tom Sawyer while we did it. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. It was, um, a good, it was a dead Fencing, joke. the best day... Yeah, you got tricked into taking fencing class. Some guy said fencing class would be really fun and tricked you into taking fencing class. Yeah, yeah. That was a good joke. I didn't even I didn't even catch it until he said it was a joke. That was good. <laughs> I, I like that one. Thank um, you. But the I'll best be day of, the best day of fencing class when the was when the teacher said fuck it. We had the whole gym and he's like, all right, everyone's divided into teams of two, and you're going to like fight you're going to like sword fight and it's an elimination based sword fight and the last team standing wins and uh it came down to me and my four friends versus the other team and we fucking won it felt so radical it felt so good hell yeah baby (laughs) yeah it was so fucking good and victory holding on to it a decade later (laughs) (laughs) these are glory days yeah, they'll pass you by glory days. That's good. That's good shit. Dude, that shit's amazing. It's rock time. It's it's absolutely yeah, minoring and archery uh rules. I should do Sorry, archery. I, did you just say it's rectum? No. I absolutely did, did not. I said it rules? Maybe Skype did that. It sounds like I didn't like hear you anything you said like... after rectum. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why though? I don't know. It's All rectum. Right. That's my new. I'm starting a phrase. It's when I when I want to say something as cool as it's, it's rectum. <laughs> yeah, it's totally rectum. What? That's so rectum. Okay. That's that. That's too. That's too close to the workaholics. Uh, Loose butthole. Tight butthole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'm so yeah. sad. We both know that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so gl- I used to like that show. Um, I don't know I just if I ever went people. back to watch it. But yeah, I, I just like knew it. people that said it all the time. I've only seen a couple workaholics. And it was really like I zoned out and then Jillian Bell would come on and I'm like, hey, that's funny. And then I would stop paying attention again. Sure. <laughs> sure. She's funny. Why isn't she in everything? Caleb, well, explain. We could ask that question about a lot of things. That's honestly. True. What's she up um, to? Looking at it. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Remember how funny she was in twenty two jump street? Yes unbelievably funny remember how funny 21 jump street was and it shouldn't have been that movie is so funny and also morally fucked in every conceivable way (laughs) it's so bad that movie is morally abhorrent and it's also the fucking funniest (laughs) movie it's so funny Um, oh speaking of movies that maybe not morally decrepit mm -hmm. but movies that probably shouldn't be as funny as they are but are hilarious and also feature Channing Tatum in some capacity. I oh. watched Free Guy. Oh, the Ryan Reynolds uh, that movie uh, vehicle? actually fucking rules. Mm. Like I watched it, was like, oh, it's gonna be dumb, like that Adam Sandler video game movie that I did not watch because it looked stupid. Pixels. But, but people that I know kept watching Free Guy and being like, watch it. Uh, Taika Waititi's in it. I knew that. And he's 
amazing. Fucking Channing Tatum is incredible. Ryan Reynolds rules always. But then Jodie Comer is also in it. And we love her. It's great. It's fucking great. I enjoyed every minute of it. It made me emotional a couple times. And I was like, what is this movie doing? Why is it funny? Um, Yeah. Also, the number of IPs that they were able to license for a quick cameo is absurd. There are so many things in this movie. It's incredible. Like you're now like, you're like anti-selling that? me. Now you're pushing me away. <laughs> no, it, but like, but like less focused on them. Like Ready Player One. Like it's not like this movie is featuring Godzilla and Gundams. It's just yeah, like but he's I know running he, like, down the street. He gets it's like a he's Hulk running down the street and, a and there's like a lightsaber and oh, the... yeah, that's that's climax stuff. Of course, it's gonna be hmm. goofy and shit. What I'm talking about specifically is like when they're walking towards the camera and in the background, you can see specifically a scorpion tank from Halo that like they don't make a point of sure. being like, this is from Halo. But if you've played it, you'd go, oh, shit. Like Look that, that. Uh, like that Wreck-It Ralph shit. Yes. On that, on that Wreck-It Ralph. Tank. Right. Like if okay. you're a fan of video games, you'll be like, oh, that. I see. And it, 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 it's kind of it kind of rules. Well, folks, uh, that's a hearty it's on Disney Plus for... and HBO Max, which makes no sense to me. Um, but you can watch it on either one, and it, it rules. I enjoyed it a lot. Listeners at home, take it to heart. Take also, that. It's the guy who directed um, it's the guy who directed Adam Project, which was also good, and he's planned to direct Deadpool three, so he's getting his Ryan Reynolds practice in. Yeah, that's Ryan Reynolds's guy. I haven't liked his other movies, Sean Levy, but you know he's working, he's booking, and I can't I can't argue with that. He's doing. He's trying. He's where he's he's warming he's up. He's doing something. What is this guy up to? Free guy. All the night at the museum movies. <laughs> Real Steel, Date Night, the Steve Martin Pink Panther, the Steve Martin Cheaper by the Dozen. You know he's got. He finds his guys. And he sticks with them. He's loyal yeah. like that. He uh, you know what? Big fat he... liar. <laughs> well, I didn't know he it? did. I didn't know he did Big Fat Liar, actually. That's news to me. That is news. I learn something every like, day. The movie's like 20 years old. Yeah. Hey, it always you know, amazes me when I find out that somebody... Careers are long. Who, so it always amazes me when I find out that somebody's been making movies long yeah, enough she, that I've seen some and not realized it was them. Sean Levy was born in 1968. Okay, damn. I'm huh, just you saying. Know? I just, you know, we're learning. We're learning here. Yeah, we're learning. <laughs> <laughs> we finding shit out now. That's what we're yeah. doing. It's just a constant wave of going, uh, 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 oh. Oh, and okay. you go, oh, careers are long. <laughs> yeah. Careers yeah. in this Hollywood business can be long and take many turns over the course, many. Of, their, it's so over weird. The course of their life. Like it's how so F. Murray Abraham ends up on Mythic Quest. Yeah. I do like <laughs> the, the explanation in this episode of why... Why, yes, CW is not there, but even more so why F. Murray Abraham will not be on set for the first half of season two. Um, Because it's like, uh, is it Poppy who says, like, I'm not going to be responsible for killing a national treasure. Like, you're CW, (laughs) you're staying home. Um, His writing's great, but his immune system sucks. (laughs) Yeah, it's them them slapping a fucking lampshade on, like, listen, F. Murray Abraham is going to be on a computer for the first half of the season. And you're just, we're all just going to have to deal with it, okay? Because we can't kill F. Murray. We're not going to be the people (laughs) that kill F. Murray Abraham. We're not going to be the ones that have to. We're not going to kill Salieri. I won't do it. I will not kill Salieri. 
<clears throat> man, this episode, this episode, both of these episodes are great. Fucking whips, fucking. The rocks. fact that Anthony Hopkins announced Mythic Quest three and four, in. seasons three and four, makes me very excited that we get another Everlight. Could be, could be. What a treasure, by the way, Anthony Hopkins. What a treasure. You, I don't know if you've ever, if you've come across his like uh, TikTok account. <laughs> But I've not seen like, his TikTok, but I've seen his tweets. I'm a long, I'm a long follower on Twitter, and he has yeah, just this. He's an odd man, as you. <laughs> as he ages, he just gets more goofy, and I he love gets it. Yeah. He's kind of like a kooky old man, but in a fun way, it seems. Yeah, you know, when in a, but good in a sort way of that's like man. not concerning. It's just adorable. <laughs> right. It's it, you know Pierce is not sundowning. It's he seems he seems nice. He seems, right. Right. he's not hitting um, on your waitress he's telling a goofy story to the waitress and the waitress like doesn't care but everyone's fine you know like, <laughs> right. right nobody's like grandpa stop jace progress report yeah what are you laughing at where are you at oh jace can't hear us oh okay jace turned off that functionality we know something was funny unless we got their beautiful laughter in the middle regardless that's fantastic yeah it lights up. We'll pretend they were laughing at us. Yeah. They lined <laughs> up really well, actually. Way more and well our, than they should and have. Our, and our repartee. Our classic <laughs> comedic repartee. Our, our, our typical back and forth. Absolutely. Our, our glorious back and forth, which is why uh, we've developed a beautiful set of listeners. Yes. Eh, precisely. Precisely. You I mean, vote hey. for anything that I put into the March Madness bracket. Only one person won, Caleb. Only one person won the bracket do you know what I'm, like only one i won the bracket 15 <laughs> options were going to lose <laughs> your your you didn't put it into the play but your thing made it to the final round you know what I'm, like one I, of your guys i understand what you just said but i don't think you do <laughs> i should stop using facts and logic is what you're no, telling what you me just, what you just said was you did your put... thing made it not the thing you picked but, but your your thing. horse, the and horse you saying, were backing no, no. the whole time, the horse you betrayed John Wick for, right? Um, like you, I, you know, I, you did. I kept carrying around receipts. I'll never forget. <laughs> One of because I, I was, you know, I I did the fucking legwork on on Media Madness, which is fine. I did not ask anyone to do anything else, but like I, that's why I remember it because I did it. I was there for all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Pepper so wait, y'all, I just oh. finished episode 10. Quarantine? Um, what? Quarantine? Yes, the quarantine one. Um, the Rube Goldberg thing at the end was... It was fabulous. cute. It got Fucking you, amazing. Right? It was, it was good, so cool. Right? Yeah. Uh, and the scene where Ian shows up at Poppy's legitimately just made me cry. That was yes. wild. It's touching. It's fucked up. How dare... How dare but it was also quest. just like... It's so fascinating to me... Because the thing that I like about it now is how clever they've been with the medium. Mm-hmm. And I did not have that sense before this moment with the show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I would watch this show. This is fascinating to me. Yeah. As I, as I said last week, this, these specials are where Mythic Quest becomes Mythic Quest. Yeah. Um, this is where the the show fully becomes itself i feel at least like Amazing. becomes the best version of itself and and this energy will obviously they're not as like specialized uh going forward uh but these these this energy this creative spirit continues on through the second season it's a very strong second season uh of of this show again the only quibble there's not enough of it 
it's nine yep. episodes again. You know, it's like, oh, I felt like we were really building up some steam. And then the engine had to go into the fucking truck depot for <laughs> for a year and a half or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, Streaming. you know. It's what it is. We're getting another season of fucking Barry. Speaking of shows hey. going into the truck depot. Like, oh my god! I got that tease, and I was like, "Wait, what?" I could have sworn that show got canceled. No, it's coming. It's got a. I think it's got a. I think it has two seasons at least, like coming up, including the one we're about to get. What um, show? Barry. Barry. Oh yeah. Okay. What a show! That's oh, a good god. show. So, so excited for that show to come back. Uh, show's so good. So that might be. We might have to talk about Barry at some. Point. Yeah, we might. We might have to talk about Barry. That's the um, that's the name of a indie film that's extremely personal about a family. Well, there is that we need to talk about Kevin. Yeah, uh, I know. which that's is the right. which is the school shooter um, Ezra Miller oh, movie. I didn't know that's, that. Hey, that's what that movie is about. Did you know that meme is about a school shooter movie? <laughs> I didn't even know there's a meme attached to it too. Of course, if sure. I can't. We need to talk about blank. You know, everything's a meme now. Um, but yeah, Ezra Miller. I want to say what Tilda Swinton is the mom in. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin. If you were casting someone as Ezra Miller's mom, that's that's very pretty good. good casting because they're both birds. You know what I'm saying? They are both avian. <laughs> Is Benedict Cumberbatch the dad? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's someone like Joel Edgerton or something. Now we got to know. Now we need we need to yeah. talk about we need to talk about Kevin. Because John C. Riley. No. John C. Riley. No. John C. Riley. All right. John C. Riley. Have y'all seen Batman yet? No, I need to. Is John C. Riley no. in it? Yes, he plays uh, Riddler. Oh my god! Okay, that that movie, front row, center, opening night. <laughs> John C. Riley going like, "All right, right, Batman, I got a riddle for you." <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Riddle me this, Batman. Hey, why riddle me this, Batman. I don't even. I'm dumb. Honestly, I, I don't even know why I would care fucking love john c Riley so goddamn much he's a i'm watching that basketball show that he's on he's what a winner i love that guy love seeing him around the basketball show that he's on winning time i didn't um, I, have, I have no idea what this 70s is. basketball show on hbo about how the the lakers stopped oh, he's sucking. in that? he's the lead oh no what right. gillian jacobs just showed up adrian brody just showed up tracy letts just showed up everyone <laughs> just people everywhere great people good show honestly i'm enjoying it sometimes when they turn to the camera and they're like basketball i'm getting a little annoyed but otherwise it's a good show. <laughs> that's understandable though but it's good i'm enjoying yeah. it very watchable all right that's my recommendation that's for winning in. time all right i'll have to check it out yeah if you like basketball and john c Riley, which I like, like TV who doesn't hey hey sounds guy. like a win yeah uh yeah barry that might be hmm barry's a show we should talk about at some point fleabag is a show we should talk about at some point oh my god i'm so sad i forgot to add that to our list hey there's always more time and fleabag is such an easy show to just squeeze in because i think there's like 14 episodes or something it's like there's no fleabag like we'd be done with it before we started you know i love that it's only two seasons and i hate that it's only two seasons you know sure. what i mean and it's like done too like there's not gonna be yeah, more it's fleabag. over so it's like at the at one point you're like god i wish there was more fleabag at another point you're like what a perfect object what like yeah. a look at this just precious an ex- gem an exquisite piece you know yeah. is, this is perfect fleabag. little stone that we can look at all of its many different faces and sides yeah. 
And then you're like, oh, that's it? And the answer is, yeah, that's it. But you're like, fucking goddamn. Deal with it. What a, what a bow that you put on that. You know? What a fucking, what a fucking bow. That's the show we should talk about. Party Down. Probably Ted Lasso at some point. It's easy to squeeze in these, like, short shows. You know, like, yeah. Media Madness is where you can go, like, six seasons, ten seasons, you know, whatever. Um, but, like, Fleabag is like, we could squeeze in Fleabag in a sneeze. You know, like, we, <laughs> we could squeeze in Fleabag any time uh, into, our, into our rigid programming block. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. And That's as we now rule. start doing, uh, start, I, I like us now covering, like, a movie between seasons of TV, you know? Yeah. And then we can start working through some of these films. Yeah. Um, well, I think we should just go, I think, TV, uh, talking, you know. Films talk, by Terry Gillum. Talking shop on the pod. You know, I think TV seasons, we should kind of all collaboratively agree on what we should talk about. But sure. movies, we should just, like, go around in a circle. And it's like, all right, so Jace picked the first one, and then I'll go, and then Caleb, you'll go. And we just, like, go around in a circle, right? And we sure. each, well, if we'll we're doing like, that, then I'm already tossing Dark Crystal into the room. Well, that can be your next one. But the thing that is, is your next. first one. The thing? Oh, that was mine, wasn't it? That was, was you. I was like, you wait your turn. You wait your turn. <laughs> you, I we didn't have to cover. the thing was mine. That does make sense, though. We have to cover another season and a, a book we got some books before you get to pick another movie oh, my friend because you also picked the books <laughs> Look, <laughs> i don't know what's books. going on i don't know how this happened to me those are but... your books well that's what that's my that's my you know i have to keep track of that that's my job that's my <laughs> i'll tell you what happened <laughs> right oh, I, i'll tell my you friend mon frere okay i'll tell you what happened <laughs> perfect um, so yeah, I think that concludes Mythic Quest. Um, and uh, yeah, as mentioned several times, next week we'll be talking about John Carpenter's The Thing before diving into MQ season two. And then we got to read some books or whatever the fuck. Some, some books. Yeah, some book learning in. Just some um, words on a page. You'll get a story from it. Or, you might, hey, look, you might you know, get a laugh, a chuckle, a guffaw, a snicker. Yeah. And there's some good audio books if either of you involved? wants to like listen to it instead. You, that could be your reward, Daddy Host, for finishing your chapter. Now right? I want you get some candy. <laughs> you got. Uh, it's so borderline offensive that I'd be rewarded for reading with candy that I, I love. That was legitimately how I got work done as a child. Yeah, I would a system of child, yeah. With a <laughs> No, a system of you don't you don't in your in your adult I life you're not like I will knock out some tasks and then. I use that for my, I use that kind of shit for myself all the time. Not necessarily with like a candy bar, but like, okay, if I finish my work, I get to, you know, play my video game or what have you. Yeah. No, I'll reward myself with candy. No, I do that. <laughs> Whatever works. <laughs> Whatever fucking gets, gets the work done, you know? Yeah. Uh, perfect. Uh, so let's, let's segue on into our little pluggy plugs then. Shall we? Oh my god, whoa. Either you got any plugs today? Um, I there's one that I want to plug that I can't plug yet, so I'm not going to do that. If you were listening earlier, you, your suspense, I'm reminding you to stay suspended. Uh, but I will say uh, that there's been some really fun stuff happening with behind the scenes of my show, My Own Worst Enemy. Uh, and I think that if you're into the kind of weird art that I'm into, then you should give us a follow at M-O-W-E Musical on Twitter and Instagram and all of that good stuff. I think 
We just got a TikTok. We don't post very much. We haven't posted a lot, but uh, keep your eye out because we're going to start start putting some stuff out there for y'all to see. So that's my plug. Hooray. It's Great. so weird promoting like big, big projects that I've been trying to work on for three years. <laughs> it's awesome at the same time. Feels weird. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, good luck, dude. That shit's Thank awesome. You. Thank you. I uh, put out a solo episode of my podcast this last week. We're waiting a little bit because one of our hosts uh, just had a second child. His wife did, rather. Wow. Um, and then they're moving. They're moving down to uh, St. Louis tomorrow. So we're oh, wow. all very Neighbors. excited about that. And that's kind of it, though. Everything. Oh, I mean, I'm gonna. I'm still doing a podcast with a composer, game composer. We've just had scheduling conflicts for like three weeks, but we're doing it on Thursday. So the day before this came out, we I recorded that. Um, we'll see. Uh, We'll see when I get that out, being that I'm going to be helping somebody move all week. But, you know, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. So that's really it. I've got a cool episode coming up when I put one out that was a solo show all about me thumbing my nose at my old white professors who thought video games were stupid. <laughs> video games? Yeah. Video games yeah. will never be art. Right. It'll never yeah, be okay. educational. Please. How dare you? Pretty forth and all that. Um, <laughs> perfect. Uh, I'll say hey, no. Uh, yeah, not no personal plugs, but I have two friends who just dropped uh some some fire uh mixtapes, uh some fire uh EPs. I don't know oh, what yeah. the difference is in a digital market, but one of them called there's an EP and one of them called them a mixtape. So there you go. Um, the first <laughs> the genres of music. Uh, they're both pop synth uh, you know like uh, they're very very different uh kinds of music but the 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 pop artist their name is aaron harland former guest of the community uh podcast uh e-r-i-n space h-a-r-l-a-n-d uh just released uh their first ep called as long as we make it um it's uh an excellent uh indie pop album uh it's it's been good as i get back into running uh and my legs uh crumble beneath me because i haven't run in four months but it's been very motivational it keeps my spirits high a great five song ep on all the major platforms uh and then uh another friend of mine uh who uh his artist name is queervo queen uh q-u-e-e-r-v-o Q-U-E-E-N, Queervo Queen, uh, just Thanks released... Someone who drinks Jose Queervo? Uh, you know, I've never asked them to define, <laughs> to, to explain. Uh, would, wouldn't rule it out. Um, but they just released <laughs> um, their mixtape called Revelations. Um, and that, I find much harder to put a label on. Maybe if I knew what Vaporwave was, I would call it Vaporwave. Uh, <laughs> it's... Sure. It's very it's like, synthy. But it's like largely electronic. Yeah. Yeah, it's That's largely electronic. It very distorted vocals. It's a fire mixtape. Um, and uh, and anyway, oh, let's check the hashtags on their SoundCloud. <laughs> pop and witch pop. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead and call this witch pop, and that is yeah. the the uh, genre of music. So if that sounds interesting, uh, queervo queen. Uh, and that is on SoundCloud and YouTube. So that's that. Maybe that's what makes it a mixtape. It's only on. Oh, yeah. It's only on SoundCloud. Well, um, a quick Google search says that the difference between a mixtape and an EP is that a mixtape is a collection of remixes, unreleased or freestyle material, and or freestyle material, uh, prominent in dance, hip hop, or electronic. 
Whereas an EP, it's like an album, but it's only three or six songs. But it's small, right. And I again, <laughs> yeah. that was like very defined in the physical media area. But it's yep. I, I, in the digital space, it's like, well, I don't know. Right, but like... I mean, also at the same time, like, albums are still called albums, you know? That's and true. I think that language has turned into kind of a descriptor of the form like the structure inside of this new digital form totally, like totally, i will yeah, i will yeah. treat listening to a mixtape different than an ep just as i would treat listening yeah. to an ep as different than an album because sure. they've got different intentions sure. you know yeah a uh, mixtape it feels more experimental more low-key you know more yeah. more uh something like that anyway yeah mixtape feels less so solid like this is me mixtape is yeah. more like hey look this is kind this is a lot more flowy it's less Trying official some shit yeah yeah rock on uh but yeah those are those are two uh <laughs> wonderful friends of mine and they have both released uh music this week and you should yeah. go give them a listen and you know follow us at greendale 3 leave us them rating leave us them review you know all that all that usual uh garbage yes. um we got some traveling coming up we got some funerals coming up so um there's gonna be we're not gonna record next week and i think we're gonna have up on the feed, uh, in the imminent release of Sonic 2, I'm going to be re-upping the uh, two-hour review uh, uh, we did of Sonic the Hedgehog on this very podcast feed. Uh, the the Movies for Babies crew, that was the origin of that show. We went and saw Sonic the Hedgehog and had a big oh old discussion gosh. about it. Um, so that'll be re-upped. On, it's already on the feed, but I'm going to put it up there again because uh, I don't like to leave that feed dormant if I can help it um and then so yeah to watch that movie (laughs) oh boy hey hey i gotta go watch sonic 2 you know what i mean like i I, the content gotta get the mill gotta keep churning out that content um and uh, on sonic tuesday uh which is actually the day i was born i was born on you were born on sonic tuesday i was born on the original sonic tuesday Um, your name's actually sonic yeah, my name is uh, my name is actually Miles Tails Prower uh, because yep. that is the that is the day that he debuted in the United States. Um, I have the same <laughs> origin date as Miles Tails Prower in America. We both debuted in America on the same day. Oh, Tails. Um, yeah, yeah, Tails. Miles Tails. Tails' Prower. name is Miles Prower. Miles Prower, and uh, that is a compromise between Sega what? of America and Sega of Japan. Because Sega of Japan wanted to have the complex name of miles per hour, um, like miles per hour. And America was like, they have three tails, call them tails. And so they compromised. And oh, so it's miles per hour. Miles per hour. Yeah. Do you yeah. see? Do you get it? Yeah. That's um, awesome. Learned yeah. all miles of this from... That's a way better name than Tails. I disagree. Tails is an... Ag- they're both names. They're, they're both, both names. They have both names. Um, and yeah. uh, I uh, I learned that from oh the excellent God, book, uh, Console Wars. <laughs> a great read if you've never read Console Wars. Um, and uh, would, would recommend... Um, about how, like, Sega went from, like, the dwarfed in Nintendo's shadow to uh, beating them temporarily in the sales charts. Um, A great, great book. A good, good read. Um, A kind of crappy documentary produced after the book. So read the book or listen to the book. Um, And uh, anyway, we'll be back next time in two weeks uh, to talk about John Carpenter's The Thing Uh, But until then, I hope you have a nice dinner party. Dinner party. Dinner party.
This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boopy doopy doop boop sex. Larry, I'm on DuckTales. Dinner party.